Hi, I'm David Green, and you're listening to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure to be joined by Ian White, founder, CEO, and CTO at ChartHop, a company dedicated to optimizing employee experience through data-driven people operations. ChartHop has been a generous sponsor of this series in recent years. And if you've been listening to the Digital HR Leaders podcast for a while, you may recall my previous conversation with Ian back in 2021, where we explored the art of managing and visualizing people data to generate actionable insights. In today's episode, we're going to delve deeper into the fascinating world of people operations and its transformative impact on how businesses manage their employees. We'll uncover why this transition is absolutely vital in today's workforce, how it aligns with the evolving needs and expectations of employees, and what distinguishes modern people teams from traditional HR roles. We'll also discuss how technology, including generative AI, is revolutionizing the field of HR, some of the biggest challenges that companies face when transitioning to a more digital approach, and the importance of transparency, trust, and accessibility when it comes to people data. So, without further ado, let's dive right in with Ian White. Ian, welcome back to the show. As always, it's a pleasure to have you here. You were on the show two years ago now, and I know ChartHop has has grown significantly since then. Um, it'd be great if you could just you know give give an introduction to yourself and to ChartHop, and also give us an idea of of how much growth you've experienced over the last two years. Yeah, it's been a, a great couple of years since uh, I was last on the show. What ChartHop is today's people leaders. The way we think about it, need a single platform to serve as the main point of action for the programs and processes and initiatives that drive their efforts. And that's ChartHop. We're the people operations platform. Uh, I think a lot's changing. Uh, people leaders are not the only ones that uh, have had to change and adapt in many ways in the last few years. As many different functions and roles across the organization are changing in lots of different ways. And that's why ChartHop is built for finance leaders, for executives, managers, and every employee. And so um, we've had a great couple of years. I think that, uh, you know, when we last talked, we were probably under 50 people. We were, um, you know, still in the middle of, of, a, of a global pandemic. And we were on our foundation as people analytics uh, was really our focus. And so we've much, we've broadened well beyond the people analytics space into becoming that people operations platform. So a lot's, a lot's happened the last, uh, last couple of years. Just in the last year, we acquired Gather, which is a people operations workflow builder to really help deepen and invest in the employee experience. Uh, we recently raised our uh, $20 million Series C uh, fundraise, which was uh, dynamic, fundraising market we we were able to uh, to close a great round of funding with a great partner and um we were named the best or a best remote company to work for uh by quartz we really um building remote uh, i think it was a case when you and i chatted a couple of years ago we we've, we've really built and invested on building as a remote company investing as a remote company and you know, what we're focused on right now is just continuing to develop the chart hop platform and to, to really meet 
the the needs and demands and desires of the modern people operations leaders and teams that that we serve. And I, I guess as a company, you effectively more or less formed and grew throughout a period of where we had to be working remotely, and now obviously we're into the the hybrid era era as well. So you, you almost as a company, you've grown in this era. But so you know, as, how's that helped you when it's come to designing some of the technology for the companies you work with? Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of the, you know, remote accelerated or, or you know, accentuated some things and trends that were already happening. But I remember, you know, way back early days, we built a a map feature in ChartHop to help visualize all of your offices and where all your remote workers were spread out. We we launched that feature, I think, at the maybe January 2020, I think was when we launched that feature. So the 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 timing was interesting for us. I think a lot of the the capabilities of building a modern people operations platform, the the experiences that people we want in terms of um, more access to data, more transparency, more clarity, more ability to manage people across regions. Um, all of those things are, they were always important. Remote challenged us to up our game and, and, and level up the collaboration capabilities of the platform. Um, but now even as many companies return to, to office or switch to hybrid or whatever the future holds, I think the, the fundamental challenge is of building a people-first, data-driven people operations function, um, those are the same, whether whether you're remote or not. But we've certainly certainly grown up on a lot of the the changes that, that have happened in the space over the last few years. That's great. And and how many how many people are you up to in the company now? We're uh, about 150 people today. Um, that's up, you know, certainly 3x where we were uh, a, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, that's across across the U.S. Uh, we have, you know, really embraced being remote. I'm 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 chatting here from Long Island, uh, my 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 home in Long Island. We have a, a a strong contingent of folks in New York, but uh, we're really all over all over the country and and even all over the world uh, across Chartop. That's great. That's great. So I mean, but we you know you already mentioned during the introduction really we we've really seen how HR has evolved over over the years from back from when it was a traditional service center to to now being a much more strategic business partner and obviously analytics and and some of the the technologies such as such as ChartHop really help HR to to do that. You know you know, thinking about the com- the companies that you work with at ChartHop, you know, what does a modern people and operations team look like now, and and how does it differ from maybe the more traditional HR role that that people be more familiar with? Yeah, that we think of people operations as really an evolution of the traditional HR function. It's a it's a people first and a data driven business function that is primarily responsible for establishing how an organization manages and supports its people. And so people office is just the the frontier of what modern HR looks like. You know, you need the traditional HR responsibilities like compliance and policy combined with incorporating forward thinking people first initiatives that support a data backed uh, approach to employee experience. And so a modern people operations team might include uh, representatives from from people uh, or people ops, talent, DEIB, finance, 
uh, they all really come together to build the people strategy for the organization, uh, which goes far beyond compliance to really thinking in a forward-thinking manner, what is the best way the org can manage and support its people? Yeah, and and, and you, you, you hit on a magic word there, employee experience. Obviously, it's something that companies were focused on anyway, and, and increasingly so prior to the pandemic, and obviously using data to understand things like the you know different moments that matter, whether it's recruiting or onboarding or you know a big change, uh, it, you know change a role maybe within the organization, a promotion, etc. Um, you know that, that's that's one reason that I, that I suspect I suspect that this is important. But again, this transition from a more service center approach to to people operations, you know, why is it so important? You know, and more importantly, you know, how does the concept of people operations, you know, better un- align with the needs and expectations of today's workforce? Because I think we definitely saw a change during the pandemic of, of around employee expectations, I think, around, you know, what they get at work. Yeah, we, we certainly did. I, I think there was, uh, you know, we, we had a, a, whole, a whole journey of employee expectations um, with, with the pandemic causing people to rethink their relationship to work in, in many ways with organizations now in many cases being challenged to be more operationally efficient and effective with behind all that, a changing generation and a different set of expectations for the generation coming up in the workforce. And so I think there's a lot of different elements. Um, one is transparency, right? And this is where we started. We started with the foundation of making people data accessible, something that was is easy to collaborate on as uh, any other type of, of data in an organization, to be able to self-serve managers with the access that they need to better manage and support their people uh, rather than to sort of keep that data like locked away and make it the HR person's job to to find or fetch all that data but actually put it in the hands of of managers and put subject to the right access data in the, in the hands of, of people and in, in employees um, you know employees require, or ask for more transparency, particularly on topics like pay, but across the organization in terms of the organization's values, its context, how it thinks about uh, the policies that that it acts on. Uh, people are looking for for that that clarity and context from the organizations they work for. So there was a a, a study that eighty seven percent of workers cherish transparency in a new work setting, uh, and what transparency really goes back to, appropriate, healthy transparency drives and creates trust, right? Um, and whether it's a remote environment or an environment that's having a lot of change, trust is really critical. High trust teams perform better, you retain better. Uh, it's just a healthier, happier place to work when you're working in a high trust environment. But there was actually a, a an ESPR study I saw that of people trust strangers more than they trust their own boss, if you can believe that, (laughs) which is like, which is terrible. But I'm like, but, but it doesn't surprise me because if people are in a environment where they're not getting, they're not getting the context, they're not getting the transparent, that can create uh, an adversarial relationship rather than one that's built on a foundation of collaboration and trust. So starts with, 
more transparency or healthy transparency. Uh, and I think some other key pieces, um, DEIB, um, over 90% of U.S. workers want companies to commit to DEIB efforts uh, in a people operations platform can really help people leaders draw data-backed insights that, that can help drive successful DEIB programs um, and, and help better measure and manage the support. Um, I think feedback is a really important piece. Uh, you know, about uh, over 55%, over half of employees believe that annual reviews have less impact on their performance than regular, constructive, ongoing criticism and feedback. And I think it's something in people ops who talk about a lot, the importance of ongoing feedback, uh, a good, you know, people operations function should be a real advocate and support of managers ability to, to have those regular performance conversations and feedback and coaching conversations. Uh, and what goes with that is training. Um, nearly 95% of people say they'd stay in their role longer if their company invested in learning and development opportunities. It's what everybody at every stage in their career wants is to, to learn and grow and get better, uh, especially in a changing, you know, rapidly changing economy where skills are, are, are constantly changing, the environment is changing. Um, and so a, a good people operations function should really be thinking about how can we train and upskill and uplevel our people? Um, so th those are some of the some of the key components I think of a of a forward-looking people operations uh, strategy and function. Chart Hop is on a mission to create healthy transparency within organizations, so that employees and organizations thrive. How? by connecting the puzzle pieces of your people data to create a dynamic picture of your organization. Seeing everything in one place promotes people-first and data-driven people operations. Every career milestone and the people who make them happen are powered by a people ops platform. Head to charthop.com forward slash digital HR to learn how to empower your organization through insights, alignment, and action with ChartHop. That's charthop.com forward slash digital HR. So how can HR leaders that uh, are kind of looking trans transition to a people analytics function as it does, does all those things that you mentioned, how can they do so? And then what role does technology play in supporting them achieve this? I presume it, it can potentially provide the glue that links all these things together. Yeah, I think, you know, going back to to transparency, but really going back to to all the things I mentioned, uh, it starts with the foundation of, of data. I think that... Um, you know, every organization is at different stages in their sort of data maturity. But I think historically, around the organization, people data and workforce data has been one of the, it's usually one of the last places in the organization to, to become really data-driven and well-organized. 
and accessible. Um, because a lot of this data is, you know, it's very private and personal and sensitive data. There can be, you know, it can be challenging to have um, a, a, a platform or a way of sharing information safely uh, in a way that uh, respects confidentiality and privacy and shares data with managers subject to what they need to be able to see or know. Uh, so so I, I think a, a, a tech platform can really help first inform us with some of the data challenges, collecting data, making it easy to surface and visualize data, visualize data get insights out of data, take action out of data, and collaborate and, and share uh, in, uh, on that data. So that, that's how we think about technology. Um, I, I think tech is never the, the silver bullet or the only answer, right? Like a modern people operations practice starts with adopting the culture. It starts with adopting like the practices uh, that lead to, you know, building healthy organizations. But I think a, a good tech platform can help support some of those efforts and, and make it easier to self-serve data and easier to collect and gather data. Yeah, I think it's a key point. You know, some of the research that we did uh, last year at Insight 222, um, we had over 180 companies participate in that. And one of the things we were trying to do is identify what leading companies were doing with regards to people analytics and, and, and you know, and was this, were there common characteristics? And, and one of those was, was that democratization, getting the data out to people, making it accessible, um, helping people managers give insights so they can make decisions, you know, around hiring, promotion, development, et cetera, but also give them insights about themselves, uh, about how their behaviors either drive or positive or negative um, upticks in, you know, engagement and performance of their team. It's, it, it's all about that. It's so important. And as you said, you need to have the the vision, um, you know, and the, and the and the kind of leadership to do that, but then you you def, you do need the technology to to make that accessible, particularly in in large organisations, and you know, and and how people drill down on the data that's relevant for them. And of course, as you said, you need to make sure that it's only the data that's relevant to them and their team. If you if you're going out to the people manager or an employee, the the data that's relevant to them. Um, but yeah, very very interesting, and you know, and obviously technology platforms such as ChartHop are, are one of the ways. Um, that, that that you can do that. Um, we're going to stay with technology, Ian. Um, now, you may have noticed you're a technologist yourself, but, you know, I think it's clear you don't just have the CEO title, you have the CTO title there, so you clearly have a background in, in technology. You know, there's been quite a lot of noise, isn't there, about generative AI and chat. You never heard of that. Never heard of it. <laughs> and it, it seems to literally be taking the world by storm at the moment. I'd love to hear, you know, as a technologist and, and as a CEO of a technology uh, company, I'd love to hear your views on on generative AI and how it supports people operations and people analytics functions alike, and also maybe what it means for the world of work as well. Yeah, well, I, I think it's really exciting. Um, I think there's obviously, like any big technolo technology change, there's, you know, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of upsides and downsides, but I think it's really exciting. Um, these, these technologies are going to really help organizations be able to uh, get much better insights out of all of the data that uh, you know they're they're in some cases newly starting to to bring together, and in some cases how for years it's just going to be much better access to data, to insights, to information interfaces for managers and non technical people and people operations leaders to get access to to 
answer questions is is going to be um, is already becoming much much you know more more powerful and sophisticated and easier for people uh, than ever before. And so um, I I think ultimately uh, very very quickly uh, LLMs and, and generative AI are going to help people leaders make informed decisions and help every single person in organizations have more better access to, to insights and data. Um, I think that healthy transparency still needs to be sort of at the, the core of, of how we think about surfacing these things. I think that, uh, you know, the way a lot of, of these models work is it can be challenging to shield sensitive data in the ways it needs to be shielded. And so that is a specific challenge to people operations data that needs to be very carefully thought through as, as these technologies are deployed. And, uh, you know, even, even more so, um, I think we as an industry on the precipice of all this change need to be really, really thoughtful about deploying AI or any technology that helps make important decisions that are going to impact people's livelihoods. Um, I think it's just something as, as much as, you know, I, I love in tech, like trying out new technologies and playing and experimenting with new technologies. I think when we apply this tech to the people in the HR and people operations space, we need to be really, really mindful of some of the ethical implications of, of doing so. And, um, you know, be thoughtful about the bias that can, you know, they can come into some of these models if we're not very thoughtful and careful about, uh, about how we, uh, both the inputs and the outputs and how these, how these models are, are constructed. So I, I think there's sort of a, a whole set of issues for people operations, uh, and, I guess HR tech or people tech vendors to kind of wrestle with, um, but overall, I'm I'm really excited about the potential. I, I mentioned bias, for example. I mentioned the dangers of bias. There's also like the the opportunity to sometimes get a more, you know, objective lens or a different lens that can surface data that can remove some human bias as well. Uh, so I think it's just. Anybody who's played with with Chat GPT or any of the alternatives, you can. I think these 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 tools often work best when they are um, almost like a an advisor, a, a a a a revealer of insights that one can interpret. Um, and you still need, I think, a level of really strong human judgment in terms of how you apply those insights. But rapid, like fast. Uh, in, in, access to all kinds of insights that we didn't have before, I think is going to be transformational for, for many organizations. Yeah, I, th I think, I think you're right. And I think it's so important as you, as you've done to highlight some of the ethical considerations, I think around not just generative AI, but any type of AI or machine learning that, that we, or any data, frankly, that we're collecting on, on employees, um, in the organization. And I guess, you know, we're seeing more legislation coming in, whether it's in New York or whether it's in, in Jersey. I, I think there's different legislation coming in there in California and then the EU as well. You know, there's going to be more regulation coming in around this. So I guess a legal perspective as well, we need to make sure that we're, we, we, we're doing the right thing. But more from a, an opportunity perspective and may broadening it out 
wider to wider AI and, and, and machine learning, you know, what, what use cases do you see it really helping to support, you know, from, from a people operations perspective? I think that there's lots of connections in terms of how an organization actually does its work uh, that are something that can be drawn out of, of a large data set and provide just, just insights. Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, scanning sort of large corpuses of, of texts is something that, you know, LLMs and other AI models are good at, uh, and sort of making sense of them and surfacing insights to, to, to people is one of the big things. I think also making the, the, ability to access data uh, much easier than, you know, writing like a SQL query, uh, I think is going to open and unlock people analytics to a whole set of managers and and people that have not, you know, that have had to historically need to rely on, on uh, technologists. And so I think it's just going to really open up insights. It's going to create a lot more accessibility. And when we think about the democratization of, of data around the organization, um, I, I think AI tools are going to be something that are going to help us do that. I think, you know, you mentioned the laws, uh, which which I think are, I think uh, in many cases, a really healthy reminder. The laws are playing catch up in many ways with industry. And so I think it's really incumbent on people who are building technology like, you know, like me, uh, but also people operations leaders everywhere to really be really thoughtful about not just the, you know, not just the sort of ethical implications, but be, be transparent with your organization about where you are or are not adopting new technologies. I think that you can create a lot of um, just fear or uncertainty if, you're not being clear with people or being transparent with people about, uh, you know, it's being able to just clearly explain where, why, and how you are using AI, particularly if it's going to be in any way that even indirectly is going to impact someone's compensation or their employment or their promotion or performance evaluations. Like that's something, you know, we should be very upfront with people about uh, so that there's no no mystery about uh, what is or what is not being used at your organization. Yeah, and I suppose when it comes to using algorithms, it's actually checking them, validating them, making sure that you know that it, there isn't bias, you know, and understanding what it means for different groups. I guess you know, break, looking at it from a different groups level, I guess, and then you know, understanding it and testing it and. and and potentially getting third parties in to come and test what you're doing as well. You know whether that's a company building it themselves or whether they're they they're, they're partnering with with HR technology companies to, to to deliver some of this work. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You, you know, like any new tool, platform, technology, like I, you you always have to sort of, you know, back test it, like the output. You have to gut check it. You have to you know use other data sources um i would i would never advise people turn over every critical people decision to a model but a model could be a really important insight or a really important uh set of inputs into 
your decision making that can ultimately just help you make better, healthier choices for your organization. And if we think about HR professionals or people ops um, professionals as well, you know, what skills do they need to, you know, to identify and then prevent any biases and, and risks in using, you know, generative AI, but also any AI and, and, and algorithm uh, based, based tools? Well, this is where really, I think a strong grounding in traditional HR is like very, very helpful in interpreting, both interpreting the, you know, the, the results or conclusions or thinking through what type of data should or should not be used or how much weight to put on it. Um, I think it traditional HR background is actually really, really helpful and strong in thinking about these things. Um, you know, obviously being well aware of, you know, the law compliance regulatory frameworks that could apply. And then I think this is important for any leader, but certainly for people operations leader is the ability to communicate well to your people. Um, I think is, is just always really, really important. Uh, but certainly, uh, in, in, in using any kind of, any kind of tool, you want to be able to explain and communicate uh, in a clear, transparent way how you got the information or or to the conclusions that you don't. Yeah, good, good point. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you are looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the My HR Future Academy. It is a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you will see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gap, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. Ian, obviously, as a technologist, you know, we've seen a lot of advance in, in HR technology. So I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball now and, and fast forward, you know, let's say five years, you know, and how do you see the, the field of, of HR tech evolving over that time, say, till let's even stretch it to 2030. Why not? Let's stretch it to 2030 and see what, see what you think is going to happen. 2030 is a long way out. Uh, you know, they, they always... They always say the world changes uh, more than you think in in ten and less than you think in two. But I guess that's seven. Um, so I I think there's a few things that are maybe extensions of some existing things that are happening and 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 where I think things are going. You know, modernizing the traditional HR people function that's already happening, but that's going to really continue. Um, I think as more organizations move to employee first model, uh, embracing flexible work structures, uh, focusing on internal talent mobility, um, up-leveling mental health and belonging efforts. You know, the, with the rising generation in the workforce, like these, these modernizations are going to continue. 
and they're going to require a modern and forward thinking and, and, and thoughtful uh, type of HR, which is people operations and because employee expectations are, are changing. And so I think when we think about the use of technology and how that's going to change uh, all of that, you know, we've already seen in the last few years getting much, much more data driven uh, and that with all the things we just spoke about, that's only going to vastly multiply. I think we are going to really think of uh, data and providing and sharing and, and creating insights out of data to be really core to to the function of, of, of people operations. Uh, we'll look at people operations not as a, um, as certainly a clear strategic stakeholder for, for the business and that like is I think that's already happening um, but also a real partner to every business leader in helping them think through and make sense of all of this data because we're going to have so much more data than we've ever had before and so much more ability to interpret it that making sense of it and making the sort of human decisions that come out of it are going to be really core to the responsibilities of the the people ops uh, function. So I think we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see a lot of things change. Things are gonna get more flexible. Things are gonna get more uh, accessible. Uh, we're gonna really see that 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 rising generation come up, and we're gonna see all of our expectations shift a little bit about uh, how we relate to to work and uh, how we make sense of all the the data around us but seven years out is is a ways a lot a lot can happen between now and then seven years does seem a long time it will fly past though i suspect we'll be sitting there maybe in 2030 and be like wow where did the time go but um <laughs> that's probably right so ian if we if we focus on chart hot now and i won't ask you to go look forward seven years with, with chart hot but but what new capabilities can customers expect to see in the platform incoming years you know and and how will these changes support the evolving needs of, of modern people operations teams and you might want to talk as well to the typical type of organization that you work with at, at chart hop in your answer as well yeah well you know at chart hop we've we've come a long way in a very short time four years ago uh chart hop was one person uh, it, it was me um so we're we've really evolved our platform really just listening to our people leaders and finance leaders and, you know, in a sense, building software is, uh, you know, you listen to what customers want and you build, you build those things. Um, and so, you know, for us today, we, we work with, uh, people and finance leaders at organizations ranging from, you know, growth stage startups to large public companies of thousands and thousands of people and everywhere in between. Um, but what we really try to do is um, understand the needs of people operations and finance leaders and try to drive insights, alignment, and action around the organization. And so um, we're a platform that helps everybody in the organization. We want to make the right data accessible to every single person. Um, so when we roll out new capabilities, we're, we're always thinking about how can we help Leaders consolidate their tech stack and get on the same page with each other, uh, leaving, you know, 
taking a lot of processes that maybe used to happen in spreadsheets or used to happen uh, in ways that were not conducive to collaboration uh, and bring those into a single platform where we can bring a lot of different processes together. So we definitely are thinking about consolidating a lot of different workflows and work streams. And I think we'll see more and more of that in our product as we as we launch more. We're thinking a lot also about what are the real ways that work actually happens in organizations? Um, because it's not just the traditional manager structure. That's obviously a big part of it. Uh, and we started with a you know an org an org planning visualization that showed a, a manager structure. Uh, but we're thinking a lot about different ways that we can represent um, all the different team structures and all the different ways that work actually happens in, in an organization. And I think we'll have a lot more to share and announce on that uh, later, later this year even. But, um, you know, really thinking about our core, our core users and thinking about building employee-first experiences for the whole organization uh, that support alignment and support action and support insight for everybody. So we've got a lot to build. Uh, our roadmap is a mile long. But uh, it's really just just listening to customers and and, and uh, that that drives a lot of it. Okay, and so Ian, the, the, I can't believe we've already come to the end of our conversation, and you would have talked a little bit to this um, already. This is a question we're asking everyone in this series, and we've got you know HR leaders, people analytics leaders on on there as well. So actually, you, you're coming from a perspective here of of you know a, a firm that's supporting. Um, people, operations leaders as well, finance leaders as well, which is it's interesting. But so, so what do you think HR leaders need to be thinking about most in the next 12 to say 12 to 24 months? So not going this seven years this time, this 12 to 24 months. And what do you see as the, the biggest opportunity and, and maybe what you see as, as, as the biggest concern uh, or biggest challenge? Well, the next 12 to 18 months, you know, could continue to be a bumpy time for the you know, global macroeconomic conditions um, certainly has been in, in tech and, you know, could be uh, in many parts of our economy. I think in, in, in more challenging times, I think that's where people leadership is even more important. It's where prioritizing transparency with your organization, I think, is really important um, because that builds the trust and brings together the trust that, that, uh, can bring people together, um, giving people feedback on a consistent basis. I think, you know, every company's thinking about making sure that they're operating in a really strong and efficient manner. Um, and part of that is making sure we're empowering our people and making sure we're giving them the tools that they need to succeed. And, and that's, uh, I think feedback is a two way street. I think it's healthy part of an organization for, uh, for employees to be able to ask questions of, of leadership and provide feedback. Um, and I think, again, we talked of sort of different expectations. I think there's a more of a rising set of expectations that people want to be able to have context and have, have that transparency shared with them. And even if uh, there could be bumpy economic conditions that people are navigating, people want to know that they are navigating it with leaders who represent integrity in an organization that represents their values 
in an organization that is going to uh, continue to up level and train and 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 support. Um, so ensuring, I guess, the last point on that would be making sure that your middle managers really have the tools and resources and training because a lot of what happens in organizations, um, you know, people ops and finance and executives can set the strategy and at the, at the top, but a lot of what actually happens in organization happens on the ground with those those middle managers. So making sure that you really support those managers with the tools and context that they need to to succeed. I think those are just a handful of the things that people people ops leaders need to to be thinking about right now. Um, and they and they've got a lot to think about. Let's be honest they, about it. They certainly do. Um, we all do, but uh, I, I think everybody in this space is is working together to to support healthier and 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 better organizations together. Well, Ian, thanks so much for being a, a guest on the Digital HR Leaders podcast again. You know, fascinating to see the progress that you've made at, at ChartHop in in such a short a short space of time. Can you let listeners know how they can connect with you, find you on social media, and also find out more about ChartHop? Yeah, so obviously ChartHop, we're, we're charthop.com is a good place to to find out about us. Um, I definitely join our our, our people ops uh, uh, community and, and and newsletter uh, if if you're in the people operations space. Um, you can find me on on LinkedIn, um, Ian White. Uh, there are a lot of Ian Whites out there, but but just look for the ChartHop one. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Ian White. Uh, or just shoot me a note at ian at chartoff.com. I love to hear from folks. So, um, you know, I really appreciated uh, uh, chatting with you today, David. This this was great. That's fantastic. Well, from Ian White to David Green, uh, thank you very much, Ian, for being on the show. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. I hope you found my conversation with Ian White, CEO and CTO of ChartHop, both insightful and inspiring as we explored the emergence of people operations. If you did like the episode, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating on your preferred podcast streaming channel so that we can keep producing the show. And if you want to stay up to date on the latest industry trends and best practices and learn more from us at Insight222, sign up for our weekly newsletter at myhrfuture.com. Bye for now. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Take care and stay well.